You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hogger Liberty Podcast on the We Are Libertarians Network. I'm your host, Jeremiah Morrill, and as always, I'm joined by our co-host, Dakota Davis. How's it going, Jer? And we're podcasting again. We are. It's been, uh, I just said, we took a week hiatus, and it's uh, it's really good to be back in the studio. Like, it was, it was kind of nice there at the beginning to not have to worry about writing show notes and things, but then, like, by Monday, I think that I was suffering withdrawals. So you took you took the week off. Kate and I put in the extra effort, and we did an episode of We Are Libertarians. Kate, how are you doing? Pretty good, you? Oh, I'm, man, I'm excited to be here. So, And then uh, our other guest is going to be Susan Hoon. Susan's making her first appearance on the Boss Hogger Liberty podcast. Welcome, Susan. Thank you. Excited e- to be excited here. Excited to have you here. Yep. I'm going to have you sit forward just a little bit for us. Excited to be here. There you go. All right. I'm going to turn her up, too. We'll see how we do. Uh, this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. It's a show about folks who are involved in politics, and we promise that our episodes are going to be a fun and an easy listen. We interview people who are influencers, elected officials, political experts, and people we just find interesting. So this is the beginning of a series we have uh, we've put together that uh, we're going to be talking to the people that are going to be on the ballot that are in contested primaries uh, in our county and our community between now and early May. So we've got almost all of the dates scheduled uh, candidates uh, that are in our county. It's a very rural community and uh, pretty much all everybody you're going to hear from in the next few weeks is going to be a Republican candidate because that's the that's a majority party. And uh, that's where you find people that are that are running. Uh, so today, Susan is here. Susan is uh, a second-time candidate for uh, for office. You ran for county commissioner two years ago, right? I did. Uh, and you were an independent at that time? I ran on the independent ticket. Yep. yep. And then uh, this time you're running as a Republican. I am. So uh, we build this as you're kind of an outside challenger in the race, uh, yes. or outside the establishment, <laughs> uh, because you're, you're running against an incumbent Republican uh, who's the president of the town council. Correct. So uh, what are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I enjoyed running as an independent because it allows you to be whoever you want to be and not have to conform to anything. But I am a Republican and have always, um, always been a Republican. So I think it's appropriate for me to be offered the opportunity to run the Republican ticket in this election. Awesome. So we'll, we'll get into the politics a little bit in a, in a little while, but let's let's kind of get to know you a little bit first. Okay, good. Uh, before we get get into the political stuff, you've got uh, you got a big family. I have five children. Five kids, and we were talking before you homeschool. Yeah, I was, we homeschool. I was homeschooled growing up right here in right here in Henry County. It's an exciting journey. Yep, <laughs> very cool, and really very similar to what we had. We had a hobby farm growing up on okay. Nessick Road, kind of in the northeast. Uh-huh. Would have been in your district, actually. Okay. Um, kind of south of between, just north of Liberty Township into Blue River Township. Um, and we had goats and sheep and chickens and horses, and that sounds like that you guys kind of have is going on as well. We do. We have sheep we're raising for meat. It's been a lot of fun to learn how to do that. Um, chickens, we've done eggs and meat. And you, have you done your own butchering, or have you like farmed it out or sourced <laughs> that out to somebody else? I helped butcher our chickens, and that the first time we butchered, it was we did it. And at the end of the day, we were just drained. We'd never killed anything before any of us. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we just killed all these animals. How many did you do? How many, how many animals? We probably, we did them in two sets. We probably did 12 each day. 
Okay. And we split it in half. See, I would love to have chickens, and I would love to have goats, but uh, Darren Jacobs won't let me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you got the Darren Jacobs reference out early. I did, yeah. We had to put him in here and get him out of the way. (laughs) We call call Darren the token socialist. He's our boss hog of liberty. Okay, that's good to know. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a term of endearment. Darren's Darren's also been on the show a number of times. He's actually the Bartlett from America poster up there. Darren's a big fan of the West Wing, and... Uh, I share that with him. So when he, uh, I think his second trip by, he brought that he brought that on as a, a little gift. So our studio was, is getting all these. It's really cool. We got all the political signs, and I hit you up and said, "Do you got a sign for us yet?" And no, they're coming in tomorrow. Tomorrow, so that, horrible who, who timing for council. Yes, it, <clears throat> I need to be smarter about that myself because I've run for office before. I ran for state representative, and I ran for county yes. council. I just need to get Jeremiah for something and just leave it blank so that we can change out the, change out the label. <laughs> I had people say, we still have your signs. I said, but they say commissioner, yeah. so I don't think yeah. that's right. It's going to be a couple of years before you can use well, those I have, my t- I have your T-shirt. I'm like, the T-shirt might be able to pass. You know, yeah. I just won't be able to wear that. But. As long as it's the same type logo, people be like, oh, yeah, there you go. I know that lady. That's right. So uh, you are highly educated, too. You, you were talking, you're t- you teach class in the evenings uh, as a, 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 with, with kids in, in China. Um, English as second language classes with children in China. Um, it's called VIP Kid. It's a great job for moms who want to be home, and it's very fun. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, and you you attended IU, and you've got uh, a, a BS from there in a Bachelor of Science in Finance and Information Systems. Yes. Uh, and then uh, you also would have some connection with Purdue University as well. When I started at Cummins, they were taking hires from the business school. They thought that was the best business program, and then they run them through their own technical training program with Purdue to try to get the technical skills that Purdue's better at. Okay. They feel like that makes their people more well-rounded. That's the program I went through. Well, very cool. And then I've gotten to know you a little bit as well through 4-H. Your kids are coming up in the 4-H program. so They are. You'll have, you'll have questions about those from time to time. Yes. Yeah, our oldest is 11. They're 11, 9, 8, 5, and 3. So what kind of projects are you helping out with as you get into for? for homeschoolers really do like the 4-H program because yes. it's a way to, you know, really dig into a project that the kids are interested in. It's, so the livestock and then I'd yes. imagine some of the other we'll call Smith building projects as well. Yeah, it's been really great. I didn't do 4-H at all growing up, but when I looked at the list of projects, I thought you could actually build a homeschooling curriculum around mm-hmm. these somewhat. But my, my oldest is all an outside kid, so he wants to do animals. But my 8-year-old has been building Lego sets. Oh, all, really? Well, I got him three Lego kits three days ago, and they're all put together. And wow. they're ready for the 4-H fair. Wow. That he's really so excited. that means that the other six people in the house are constantly walking around with injured feet. There's <laughs> 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 no. Legos everywhere. Or he's mad because someone kicked a Lego. I said, you have to put them in one spot, not in a doorway, because there's six people walking through. Yes. That's right. I uh, I I know that lecture very well from okay. my parents whenever are you I was a, Lego a child. Guy? Oh, yeah. Like, I... I would wager that if you gave me some Legos right now, like I would still be excited It'd about still it. Still be fun. Yeah, I, I'm not. It fascinates me that he's good at it, and I can't believe how fast he can read. The, he never asks for help. He can sit down with the directions, and it looks right to him. And he gets that from his daddy. There you go. I think I had it was like connects. Is that was that something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah connects. And I, I remember when I was little, I built a roller coaster. It would have took up like half this room. Yeah, but like it would actually pull itself up to the top and yeah. Drop now, itself so off you and your cousin Trevor. Or the same way, yeah. because he was big into connects. I was yeah. big into Legos. Yeah. I remember building those giant things in his bedroom, and like <laughs> you couldn't walk around the bedroom yeah. because the <laughs> right. things were so big. No, but those are really fun for for kids to do. Yeah, like, I really think so too. So uh, you actually, um, whenever you announced your candidacy for county council, your uh, 
your candidacy was actually challenged and your ballot access was challenged by the Republican chair for the county. Yes. Um, you ended up making on making it onto the ballot, but he uh, basically um, a a party chair can challenge a candidacy if they don't believe that you're actually a Republican. Correct. So, like, if I'm the I'm the chair of the Libertarian Party in the county, and if I you know don't think you're a Libertarian, I can challenge candidacy, and then you can challenge that back. Okay. And uh, so that's that's kind of what happened in your situation. Uh, you want to tell me a little bit about that? Um, I, well, I knew when I, when I first started to run, I checked to make sure I did qualify by state law and I did. And, um, I knew that the Republican party, at least a section of them was going to be very unhappy to see my name on the ballot. So I wasn't surprised that they tried to block me out. I was surprised that they did so when I so clearly met state law, um, but it, it didn't surprise me that they didn't want me to run. So the argument or the the discussion, and I I didn't know. I was actually educated by your by your candidacy because right. I I didn't know. Uh, in 2016, you ran as an independent, right? Uh, but the state doesn't care about that. What matters right. is that there are two primaries, two parties that have primaries. Right. Uh, so what goes on your permanent record is whatever party. <laughs> <laughs> for lack of better words, it's, right. your, it's, your, it's like it's like getting detention in school. You voted in the Democrat primary; it's on your permanent record. <laughs> so the last time you had pulled a ballot in a primary was in Hancock County, as Correct. I understand, and it was in 2014 or 2012. It, right. So that was the last. You know, you go back through and trace it and say, "Hey, here's what I had." Correct. And then the three nothing vote. You won. You won. It was un- unanimous, and and you were certified. Right. And they had even checked with the state to make sure that my me running as an independent didn't matter, and the words were essentially that it was irrelevant. Hmm. So yeah. the last party primary I voted in was mm-hmm. in 2010 as a Republican. So. You have that on your permanent record. Fair warning, Republicans, at any moment I yes, could come terrorize you. Yes, were interesting on Facebook, um, and I can see that that would maybe leave a party feeling like, well, they haven't voted in as a Democrat or, you know, since then, but are they really a Republican? Right, yeah. And and I and that's, that's valid. And I think we pointed out, too, that I have also joined the Republican Club. I've gone to other Republican events, and I think my actions are consistent with being part of the Republican Party. Yeah, that's what uh, I know. The Courier Times, whenever I was looking all this stuff up, uh, right in the show notes, the Courier Times article said, you know, you you told them, hey, I've I've always voted Republican, and the reason that I ran as independent last year, I you know, didn't sign up in time. So I didn't enter the political arena until after the, you know, the date when I would have had to. Right. I didn't know I wanted to run until April or May. I can't remember. I think the. We got the signatures in April in 2000. And then you were inspired and it was on. <laughs> and then I saw how government worked and how important it is to have people in government you can trust. And I want to be one of those trustworthy people. Well, very good. So I, uh, Dakota and I, this last Monday, this is, we've been following the story of the Doughboy. And I, this is, this is not going to be the issue. I hope this is not the issue that the county council election is about. But right now right. For, in the news, this seems to be the thing everybody wants to talk about. Yes. Uh, so there's, if, we have people that are listening locally. We have people all over the state and the country that really do listen. Um, we have a statue that's been in as a memorial in our memorial park since 1929, dedicated right. by the War Mothers, uh, and it's called a doughboy, and it represents uh, basically the American doughboy or the American soldier in World War One. Right. Uh, so it's been here for 90 years. It was falling apart and needed restoration. Yes. It had been vandalized and it was in rough shape. 
Um, so I was on the Memorial Park board at the time, and the uh, the we've been going through this process with the Hope Initiative in Henry County. I'm sure you're familiar with the Hope Initiative mm-hmm. and, and that group. Uh, and over a period of a couple of years, we went from rehabbing a building to we need to look at the whole park, and then some committees were formed, and then there was a big plan that came about in June. Committees were formed, and there were a number of different public presentations. And by August, there was a monuments committee that had put together a plan to basically refurbish the Doughboy, save the Doughboy. And a part of that was to place it in front of a Smith Building project, where the first floor of the Smith Building is going to be a, a memorial, like a, a museum. Right. Uh, so that was approved and accepted. And then a couple months later, this this hubbub started. And yes. So here we are. So there was another park board meeting. This I don't think you'd you'd had a chance to come there. to that one. No. Uh, but Dakota and I went, and uh, and there was all kinds of news story oh, news man. crews there. It was Channel Fifty Nine, Channel Thirteen. Yeah. yeah, I got pretty intense. I mean, there was whenever I was pulling in, they were taking the uh, they were doing a panoramic shot of the front of the Smith Building where the Doughboy is going to stand, and you know they have that all marked in front of the in front of the Smith Building where the monument's going to be and everything, and. Uh, well, where it's proposed to be. I guess I shouldn't really say where it's going to be yet. <laughs> and uh, um, It won't so, be done until it's done. Yeah. Right. Yep, right. It's not over yet. And uh, so uh, there was Fox 59. There was Channel 13 News. And uh, they came inside. We sat down. And I was the last park board meeting that I was at. And they were, they were actually, you know, taking some public comment on this. Right. There was uh, 20, 30 people there. And there was easily double, if not more, there this time. And uh, but part of the hubbub this time was that they weren't going to allow public comment. Yes. The park board had decided to uh, decline. Uh, Air Force Captain Jason Straws, uh, I think I'm saying his last name right, Straw, and uh, they declined his uh, request to speak about the Doughboy. And it was uh, it was not received well by those who are in opposition to the move. And so they had all these signs made up. They had they were like, they weren't just like you know poster board and written in sharpie. They were like they're, they're yard like, signs. Yeah, they're like yard signs. Like right. uh, they're pretty well done. And they had them, uh, you know, don't move our doughboy, keep the doughboy. Um, hashtag we the people. I saw I saw one that said that. And uh, there was a oh man, some serious hubbub that was going around there. So it was, I guess, publicly, you know, there's a, a standing meeting, 7 o'clock, third, mon- third Monday, I think it's probably third Monday, second or third Monday, whatever it was, of, of the month is the Memorial Park Board meeting. Uh, and they had had a resignation and so of Chad Malico, the previous president. So yes. this was billed as a reorganization meeting okay. where they weren't going to have public comment. And then they had a kind of a punch list of things they were going to go through. Uh, and I can tell you from serving <laughs> serving on the park board you can have a three-hour meeting. Dakota looked, looked over at me and said, "This is taking forever." And I was like, "No, this is uh, yeah. this is minor. Like it, from yeah. seven to ten was not out of the ordinary at all, because things can just go on and on and on. Because uh-huh. you're they deal with you know interfacing with 4H and their requ- requests and the general public and the scheduling they have and the maintenance needs for the park and the you know the saddle club and, and working with them and their calendar and then you've got all these different committees and right now they had a big they we heard presentations on. Um, the refurb of the Smith building upstairs and downstairs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and those committees all reported back and, you know, legitimately, I'm not sure that they would have had time for another 30 right. or 40 minute presentation. And then <laughs> once you get that started, then you get the, you know, the other side wants to have their say and yep. just, right. you just, yeah, the, it's difficult. The, the presentation was actually where it got interesting because whenever, um, he went up there, he started giving the presentation about, you know, what's going to happen, what his vision is, uh, 
there was one veteran that was kind of sitting catty corner to me. He'd been wearing a uh, Vietnam War vet uh, hat yeah. all night, and uh, he stands up, he takes his hat off, and he turns around with his back facing the board, and he crosses okay. his arms and says, I'm not going to listen. So, you know, which is, you know, that's fine. Like, you have the absolute right to protest, and, uh, I mean, my God, it's protected in the First Amendment. And a lot of other people followed suit, but then where it kind of got out of hand was some people started yelling. Uh, there were a lot of comments made, and uh, there was yelling from the president of the park board to be quiet, and it, <laughs> it just got crazy. And I, I can was like, picture it, though I was not there. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I cannot. Similar meetings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I was just sitting there, and like, dumbfounded. I'm like, I cannot believe that the news stations left. Yeah, that was start so, happening. So, I didn't know like, that. They, yeah, okay. they, they legitimately they the were party. there. They did. They, so. This is the secret about local news. They get their B-roll at the meeting, and then usually they're done. They don't want to sit there for two or three hours right. covering a meeting. So they'll talk to one or two people ahead of time, yes. get their 20 seconds that they need to do their show, right. and then they're done. Okay. Uh, so, you know, mm. Fox 59 said, hey, there's a thing, and they talked to one or two people. Channel 13 went a little bit more in-depth and covered right. the, the pre-meeting that was there. Uh, but that's, it's, you know, Rush Limbaugh always used to call it the drive-by media and it really is where mm-hmm. they just, they sweep in, oh, well, they got this and, you know, it was, they they drive all the way out to Henry County, 45 minutes east of town for a 20 right. second thing on the news and then they're done with it. Okay. Yep. So thankfully we got, you know, Eldon Pitts and Travis Wyke and the Boss Hog of Liberty podcast that's kind of filling, filling <laughs> us in too, right? So what, what can actually be done at this point? I think is the question that everybody is asking, like. Uh, everybody that's in opposition is that, you know, there have been different opposing plans that have been submitted and letters to the park board from the American War Mothers, from other people who have had pretty decent ideas. Um, personally, I'm kind of neutral on the issue. I, I think it would be awesome if if there could be another, another uh, monument dedicated in that area, something that... Uh, honored you know you know personally with my generation the people who've been fighting in afghanistan and iraq uh that would be really 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 neat um but at the same time i understand that it might just it just might not be feasible like you know that's that's definitely a possibility um so i did some research i started digging into um a lot of different sites i i looked up uh one artist website about uh, that he actually does make bronze statues of life uh, size people. And, you know, this is a, I was like, oh, you know, that's a great source from, you know, from the mouth of the person who makes the things. And uh, on average, his statues cost about $32,000. Okay. If he's not going to make a profit off of it, it's going to be a little bit more. And if he's going to make a significant profit off of it, it's going to be a little bit less. Um and talking to uh, Mark Sean Orr, I brought his name up multiple times in the show, talking about the Doughboy. Uh, he basically found the exact same thing. Yes. Um, I, I printed out that article for you guys where he actually talks about the entire process that he has to go through. And it's like, okay, because $32,000 seems astronomical at first. Yeah. The process that you read about, it's like, uh, that, <laughs> that might yeah. not be that too much. And because uh, they do. They do a lot of work. Um well, I'm, I'm beginning they, to wonder if this is if the way the story ends is that it's and that's how Henry County got a second Doughboy in Memorial right, Park. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we were talking because about. You're turning into Solomon and you're trying to cut the thing in half because you've got you've got yes. people that legitimately want to see it where it was because they feel very strongly and emotionally towards one thing. Yes, and and I understand that and respect that. And then on the other side, you have you know a veterans group that came forward, took the initiative, mm-hmm. did the work, and are given a green light. 
Yeah. Right. And then you're looking at ripping the carpet out from under a volunteer group and you right. wonder, okay, how are you ever going to get any volunteers again in this county when you give somebody the authority to go forward, do something, sell something to the public, you go out and raise, you know, I think the county put in like $8,000 in food and beverage money uh, to actually pay for the restoration and to kind of some seed money to help with the transportation and to get right. it, make sure that that portion was going to get done. Uh, but then they've gone out and raised over $20,000 just, yep. you know, quickly through selling bricks for a, for a plaza and just through general donations and through their flagpole. You know, I think they have these flagpoles that they've sold sponsorships for. You know, you donate just like any other project of this nature. You pay for one and you get your name put on it or whatever. Uh, and, man, it's it's tough to wash that you're going to change that because then what happens right. to those folks that were that gave yeah. towards that project? I think that one good thing about starting out on an issue, issue neutral is you can watch it unfold. So when this first started, I thought, like, I honestly don't care where the Doughboy's located. History's not my thing. Um, but when I was reading Mark's comments and other, they have some very legitimate reasons yeah. why the Doughboy should be left where it is. And um, something... Like sentimental reasons. Not just sentimental, but as far as the original, the placement mimicked yeah, what the, the original artist wanted. Artist wanted. Yeah. And, I, and I thought that was valid. And one thing that stuck out with me is if I had been on the park board, I might have done the same thing that the current park board members did. Um, and it, one good idea might have been to contact the historical society yeah. and other people in the county that might have had a different perspective. And so I would, as far as what can be done, I I would like to see the process restarted. And I with some public input, the people who are against the move, they say they outnumber the people who are for it. You were commenting about that today. Is that true or not? Mm-hmm. And it would be yeah. good to really find out if that's true. They have taken, they've done a petition. We haven't tried to do a petition for people yeah. who are for the move. Yeah. And so what? So we, we've seen, you know, a, a number of different discussions online and, you know, countless, countless different forums have tried to take this up and people are saying, well, we got to put this on a referendum and talk about this. And, you know, we, at what point is this democracy or is it a republic where we pick a government and we move forward? Because mm-hmm. as it is, this park's been, you know, in, in almost a three, this food and beverage money that kind of mm-hmm. spearheaded this was awarded two and a half years ago. And yet they're still at the starting line with these projects. We can say, okay, the decision was done and it's time to move forward. But how often in Henry County do we have a decision that really gets heated? We yeah. have the wind farm, we have the Doughboy, we had this PC meeting, but the county makes decisions by the dozens, hundreds weekly. You know, you go to the council meetings, the commissioner meetings, the PC meetings. and PC being planning commission. Right, PC being planning commission. And park board meetings. And the, the decisions are made all the time. But when we get a significant amount of opposition, is it appropriate to reconsider? And I think that the people in the county are ready for the government to be willing to say, um, maybe that's something we didn't think of. Maybe yeah. we should have talked to the historical society and maybe the decision ends up the same, but when people aren't heard, we get meetings like what happened the other night. Because it even maybe wasn't the right time for that conversation to happen. You said there was a different agenda. Yeah, they, yeah. They, basically, they had a, they had a full agenda of, of projects because they are, you know, this, the park's getting a makeover. It's getting right. it's it's badly needed attention for a long time. And the W.G. Smith building, there's an annex that's been le- putting water in there, so they right. got an update on that project. They had a bid opening for for that. Yeah. Um, they had a report based on reconstructing a kitchen so that they can have their museum yes. downstairs. Then there was a, so there will be a new state of the art kitchen for people to rent for the upstairs auditorium space. Right. Uh, and then there was discussion about the, uh, the monument. There's going to be or, uh, the, uh, 
the first floor, people call it the basement, but really it's a walkout basement. So it has a really nice view of the lake uh, that's there. It's really a, a nice spot. They have a, uh, a veterans museum that's going to be there. So there's going to be an interactive museum where people come in. The current kitchen space is going to be a theater where you'll see videos played. And then nice. in the main area, they will actually have interactive where vet, veterans can come in and tell their story, be recorded, and then that'll be there to live on and people can come in and watch right. them. Uh, so we got that update as well, which is really neat. Uh, and then there was an update on the cannon. There's a cannon that's been uh, that okay. uh, Omar Bundy. Are you familiar, familiar with Omar, Omar Bundy? The name Bundy, but beyond that, no. He, he was a he was a general in World War okay. One uh, and captured a a, yes, a, okay. a, a piece of artillery right. and it was brought back to Henry County and it's been on a hill on display. See, this is why I would have made the same decision as the park board. <laughs> right? Why you need know, contact people who know more about history? Right. Yeah. So the uh, the Humane Society, or not Humane Society, they have nothing to do with the park board. <laughs> the Historical Society has uh, has been refurbishing for the last okay. three and a half years of volunteer labor. The cannon, so the wheels, and it's going to be in great shape. Uh, so we got an update, or the public got an update on that yeah. for the first time yeah. in a while. Uh, it was good to get an update on that, too, because I have seen all the rumors flying around that, you know, the park board just got rid of the cannon and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, oh, uh, they they just got rid of it to try to make some money. They scrapped it, probably. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, come on. Like, I didn't believe those, first of all. Right. But it was it was pretty neat and interesting to hear what, the, what he had to say about the cannon. Because it is pretty, like, that cannon's pretty sweet. Like, it's really awesome. Huh. And, uh... You you actually talked about um you know we we saw a thread that uh, people were saying that there needs to be a referendum we need to hear from the people in the county and uh, like to get a special vote on something takes like I had oh I had no idea like yes. I I didn't know until I started looking this up like it takes so much work it's really there, a finance we don't have like in California you you watch the national news and they can you can put a referendum about anything out there yeah. mm-hmm. they want to legalize weed you just put it on the ballot and if the majority of people vote for it then you all of a sudden you have recreational marijuana in California in Indiana we basically have public referendums on whether or not we keep judges Right. And if we can raise our property taxes, right. that's about it. We don't have public questions. We've been through this with the wind farm issue. Yeah, you know, it does, well, it's, just, it's, it's a dead end road to get something right. And and so that's not necessarily what I would like to see happen. But as far as looking for ways where we can welcome people into the conversation process, and if the park board had said we we can't talk about it tonight, but we will talk to you about it now, right. or if they had said that a month ago, I feel like. Um, when people feel like they're not heard, what we can expect to happen just by human nature, right or wrong, is they get more and more aggressive to try to find ways to be heard yep. and people get more and more upset. And so um, I think if only just to show respect for the constituents you represent, sometimes it's it's worth slowing down, having an extra conversation with the real mentality that maybe maybe there's a better solution. So at the April meeting, it was they they agreed that they were going to hear from uh, Jason Straw, which is the you yes. know the, the other group they uh, they had brought Jason, and I think they agreed to put him on the agenda for fifteen minutes at the okay. next meeting. So yep. you'll have more public comment at that point and discussion, okay. and um, we will be there, and and Dakota <laughs> will be there with the camera. That's right. right. So one of the reasons that I think it's interesting to talk about this while you're on the show, like it just so happened that that really blew up. Well, we've had you lab. scheduled for like a month, yeah. right? I mean, this is we right. like I said before the the you know this show we are legitimately scheduled pretty much through May at this point with with candidates and unless Dakota and I start going to two a week, we're we're about full up. <laughs> That's not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> not without some major contributors. <clears throat> I don't get paid enough for that. No, but it is interesting because uh, the county council, like I talked about on the last episode with Scott Fleener. Um, the county council does control the budget process. Right. They do control the money. And, uh, you know, 
if the park board needs $30,000 for a new statue, the county council would be the ones to approve that request. Correct. If you're using public money. Right, if you want to use public money. So, like, uh, they could they could uh, allocate those funds to the park board. Right. So, I mean... I guess that would be the first question for you. Would that be something that you would that you would be interested in? That's not on the top of my list of where to allocate money. So yeah. I'm going into it. I'm trying to see if there's any way we can be more efficient to allocate money to the roads, or yeah. how are we going to handle the jail? Well, I think um, that's a responsible answer. Yeah. Like, so, so do I want thirty thousand dollars to go to a new statue? No. I think it's excellent. You mentioned this in passing, and it's an excellent opportunity for a grant. And that's been something I think if there's any way the county could look at other opportunities for grant money for park and other, um, I think that would be an excellent approach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, the reality is the park, you've got a 300 acre park with about a budget that's 75 percent of the budget goes to salary, salary and legacy costs. So you've got, you know, roughly four hundred thousand dollars a year to run a park and three hundred thousand is tied in wages or, or some sort of you know cost associated with headcount. Yes. So you've got a hundred thousand dollars to mow, to pay for all of your utilities, yes. to pay for your improvements, and it's just you know, you've got that many structures and you can't it, it doesn't work and that's why right. we've seen the decay we have. Yes. Um so when you see, you know, you go through this process that they started with that the commissioners kind of put in when yeah, it, I lose track of time. This has been going on for so long, but a year and a half ago, we had, you know, there was a there was one plan to go forward with a company called Steel Corps uh, to reconstruct a, one of mm-hmm. the buildings to kind of build new fairgrounds. And then it led to, you know, re- stopping everything at that time and a reset. Uh, and then that led to all of these different – there was a listening session in, in at the Smith Building. There was one in Knightstown and there was one in Ch- at Shenandoah mm-hmm. where there's public input and all of these yeah. folks dreamed and came up with this plan. And then there's a big master agreement back in June last year of, hey, this is what we want to have. And then those committees continued to meet. So I, right. I, I know that there's people that just found out, yes. but there's always people that just found out. So you feel really frustrated where you, you're you're standing at the top of the mountain, going, "This is what we're going to do, guys." <laughs> and then once you have a plan, and then the, then people come out with pitchforks and they're like, "Why didn't anybody tell me?" And I'm like, "Man, I don't know how much you, more you can do." And that's where I'm just at the point with government where I'm like, "Well, government doesn't work. Let's just give up." I, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I'm not sure that government concern. can be effective. Let me, I want to give one example though of being on the other side of this. So the wind farm down by my house, I found out about way late, and I was berated and berated, and we all were for not coming on board. And when we looked at it from a legal issue, it actually says in the meeting minutes when they <coughs> passed the project through that the notifications were not sent out correctly. It was passed anyways. And so I think that that's an example of where it really was done wrong. But people believe and still say it was done correctly. Yep. And I'm not saying the park board did not do it correctly, but... We want to make sure we communicate with people as many ways as possible. The citizens of Henry County Facebook page, I don't see notifications on there. That would be a great place to put things. That's for people that are concerned watch. And nothing goes there that I've seen unless someone's upset and they post something like the zoning the other day. And then (laughs) that's how I found out about the rezone issue on 300 South. But um, So let's let's get into that one a little bit. Um, Because that's a a really interesting conversation to have as well. Uh, And I watched it. And I'm actually, you know, you live close to one of the proposed wind farms down in the southern part of the county. I live, I don't know, 2,000 feet away from this parcel that is potentially being rezoned. Or it's, I guess, to rezone something. Right now it's rural residential and it's like a 150-acre plot. Mm -hmm. um, And it's owned by, like, it's basically a partnership between three or four different individuals. Uh, and right now it's rural residential and it's been rezoned or it, it hasn't been rezoned yet. 
there, it's like a two-step process. You have mm-hmm. a planning commission of right. a handful of appointed and elected officials, and then uh, you have the county commissioners. So right. the planning commission does the work, and then the commissioners come in and approve or reject mm-hmm. something. Right. So it passed the planning commission last month or their, their, their previous meeting, and then it will go before the county commissioners to right. be approved or rejected. Uh, we've seen them reject something before. We saw the uh, uh-huh. the asphalt plant in uh, that was proposed okay. a couple of years ago in Henry County. Milestone was trying to build an asphalt plant. Planning Commission approved it, and then the commissioner before said my no. Time. Okay. Uh, so it's been it's happened before. It's mm-hmm. pretty uncommon, right. but but it has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess at some point we start to get a reputation for, mm-hmm. and we just can't have any development, right? Right. So you know we've got an industrial park. As a, as a guy that lives there, I was I think I was actually doing a podcast that night, or I was tied. I was doing something else, so I wasn't able to attend. I think it was Thursday. It was a week ago that meeting was. Yeah, podcast um, night. The, the night yeah. that we went to do the podcast. It was, it, we were podcasting in Indianapolis. Uh, so you can go back into the We Are Libertarians feed and find that one. But the uh, you know the same reasons why it makes sense for residency is also the same reason why it makes sense for, for light industry. It's between, you know, it's south of the city where the community nece- probably wants to grow. Right. It's sandwiched between two state roads. It's just off an interstate. It's an improved road with water and electric and sewer so it's every you know every box you want to tick, and it's a hundred and sixty acre site or whatever it is, hundred and forty somewhere in there. Um, is there? Do you think there's a better site? Is there? I mean, for us to continue to grow, is there? Are you? you know, okay, so I have to go back to the beginning. And I'm going to beat the same drum. Sure. It starts with the process. There were people that lived right across the street that weren't notified, and I have a really serious problem with that. I think that's our first failure in government is that we're not being forthright. So, I maybe that's a there's a a legal requirement for certain distance. There is. And then there and then there's the hey it would be, you know, really nice to continue really nice. to tell everybody else. Right. So to to my understanding cuz I inquired as well cuz I was right. like how did this happen? Cuz there were there were people on our local Facebook page saying, "Hey, you know, the planning commission stuck things in my mailbox that weren't that weren't yeah, stamped and, then and there it was wasn't there then. was all this, it was right. a And basically neighbor. what right. had happened was the people that needed to be notified they they received a letter like yes. a month ahead of time or something, right. and then somebody took it upon themselves to make yes. copies and then distribute it to more people in the yes. neighborhood, which then got pointed back at the county government saying you're doing this wrong, and they're right. like, no, we did our thing, and then somebody else, you know, maybe, somebody else did it, and it maybe sounded they bad. They did it right legally. They don't always, in my experience, right. but maybe this time they did. So in this place, I'm pretty confident because mm-hmm. listen, I'm I'm a libertarian guy. I'm going to cast stones when mm-hmm. when they're to be there to be cast, right. but I'm, I'm pretty confident that they did it to the, to the letter of the law. Okay. Um. So then that, that's where I'm like, well, okay, what else do they need to do? What how much more what what should have happened i just found out about this new text notification system you can put your zip code in and the county is supposed to give you information about what's going on around you did you guys get this no, no. where'd that come from i my husband put it on my phone i think henry county's starting this and so that would be great if i could find yeah. out about everything within five miles of my house especially a rezone you know we could define what is helpful facebook pages I also was told and haven't verified that the um, legal notice went in the Middletown paper rather than the courier, which I think is inappropriate since it happened in the southern part of the county. Um, but I didn't verify if that's true. So I think that we want to do everything that we can to make, make people know what's going on around their house. I think that the perception, my perception, this is really my belief, is that our county tries not to notify people more than they have to because they don't want people to find out and try to get in the way of the process. And so... I think we want to stop doing that. We want people to know what's going on. We want to give them every opportunity to stand up and voice their opinion. All right. 
Um, but what was your first question? Is there a better place for it? Yeah, I guess. Is, is, is there a better, yeah, is there a better place than that's a real question. That's a hard question. And as a government person, it's, you know, how do you balance, okay, are we central planners or are we for natural order, right? You know, if I if I own ground, then I get to control what happens on my ground. Yes. yes. If the neighbors say, no, we want to keep that as farm ground, then they can probably write a check to the people that own that property and yep. say, hey, I'll pay you, you know, we'll go in together, we'll create a joint partnership, and we'll spend $200,000, and we're going to keep it that way forever. I thought about that, too. How much would it cost right. each of the neighbors How much is it co- would it cost you guys to keep it? Their view. Right. Because that's, the, you know, my my property rights end at my property line. Yes. Yeah. And, and at some point, it's, okay, I have an opinion, but I can't tell Susan what she, I can't, I, at least I shouldn't be able to tell you, you can't keep goats because I don't like goats. Right. Right. You know, I'm a sheep guy and I'm, I've got this problem against, you know, keep the Nubians back. Unless my goats are doing something that are, <laughs> unless, you know, unless your goats are coming on my ground. property value or significantly impacting noise level or something. I'm not sure how goats would do that. Yeah. So but like, oh, they're loud. Your they, ability, they loud. <laughs> your ability to enjoy your property ends when it passes over the property line to the people around you and it infringes on their property rights because yeah. everyone has the right to enjoy their property. Yeah, you have quiet enjoyment. Quiet so that, enjoyment. that is uh, that is actually pretty yeah that's I don't know it's kind of like this paradox within libertarian thinking especially if you're one of the the utopian libertarians that believe in this perfect society where yes. there are no laws and no government and we're just all very happy with our free markets and everything. Um <laughs> Which I'm, would happen if people were perfect and somehow didn't ever negatively impact each other. Yeah, try to way. be a little more pragmatic. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's kind of that paradox. Like, how, like, what do you do with your senses? So, if you have a hog farm and it smells horrible at my house, and I lived here for twenty years, and then you had hogs all of a sudden, well, then. Can I have a say in that? Like, it, you're still well within your property rights. Uh, you know, there's there's so many different issues with that. How can you regulate another person's senses? You know? I don't know if you can regulate senses, not <laughs> senses, right? That, that's what you're saying. Not senses. smell, taste, but, smell, yeah, yes. <laughs> feel. <laughs> I feel your hog farm over there, Kate. <laughs> well, there's a hog farm close to my house, and the only one of us that smelled that when we first moved in was was my daughter, who is very sensitive, and um. So does it bother me that I can smell the hog farm once a week for an hour? So I think there's an issue where is it a significant decrease in your property value? Is it a significant decrease in your quality of life or your enjoyment of your own property? When I talk to people around me, there are people who can't sit on their front porch because they always smell it. Yeah. And I think in the same thing with the wind farm, and I've said this before, if it was going to decrease my property value by 2%, or 4% or 5%, then we don't live in a vacuum. We affect the people around us. But when studies show that wind farms can decrease your property value by 50% or more within a half mile, then that, to me, becomes a, a taking of property. You need to make sure what you do on your property, it might impact your neighbor, you know. but if you're significantly harming your neighbor, harming their property value, harming their enjoyment of their property, then I think that that's when government regulates yeah, and that's another difficult question: is who or what decides what is significant? You know, it's well. The property value is a number, and it yeah. has been studied. And in fact, the main study that's used to say wind farms don't hurt property value only looked at wind farms beyond a half a mile from your house, so it's irrelevant. So, 
as far as I know, the Henry County Economic Development Corporation is not seeking wind farms any longer. They they about a year and a half ago they announced, hey, we're not you know we're not pursuing them any longer, and there aren't any active projects. I believe that's a lie. You don't think that's, that's the case? They say. Okay, um, I believe that they say that. Okay, <laughs> I don't uh, believe they mean it. So currently, uh, you're running for county council. Correct. Uh, the involvement that you know, county council is the financial arm of county government. Yes. So, and I'm also, yes, I made this announcement on Sunday. I'm also yeah. running for county council. Different races. We're not running against each yeah. other. Uh, I'm running for open seat district one. You're running for district four. Uh, so we may end up serving together. Yes. Uh, but the, it's basically the financial side. So you set tax policy yes. and you, you spend money, you know, you, yes. you set the budgets or attempt to set the budgets when the state leaves you alone. How, how do you see, this, you know, this race relating to wind farms or wind ordinances, because that was obviously a big part I of your last it's, campaign. It's a very small, almost irrelevant piece of it. When people say I'm a one issue candidate, it it reflects a non-understanding or a misunderstanding of the county council. So I would not vote for a tax abatement for a wind farm, but I don't think many of the people left on the county council would. I don't I, think I don't you think, would as a no, libertarian. Absolutely not. And I honestly, and so I don't think it's that relevant. We pulled. Uh, I know Clay Morgan has said no. I think your opponent Nate has said no. He wouldn't vote okay. for it. That's, yeah. um, I've I've heard that from him. Looking across the council, I think you're going to struggle to come up with more than two to three. Yes. You'd be really stretching to find two to three votes that are going to vote for it. And I've heard people say, "Hey." You know, wind farms aren't going to happen without an abatement. So if you don't have the votes, mm. why why are we still flogging the horse that's been dead for a while? So, Cade, you're the wind farm guy here. <laughs> uh, you get all kinds of flack online from mm-hmm. people who are opposed to wind farms because you own a very or you're part of a very successful farming operation, mm-hmm. and you get all kinds of negativity sure. on the Facebook from people who are against wind farms. So. We need to bring you into this conversation a little bit okay. uh, as far as wind farms go. Yeah. So, like, is there anything you want to add? Uh, with the tax abatement, if it was up to me, I I probably wouldn't vote for it either. <gasps> a gasp. Yeah. You I mean, traitor. Just, You're a fake a, farmer. Being a reasonable person, I mean, I just, I don't think that the county government should pick and choose who wins and who loses. Yeah. I think I, um, from what I've seen, what's proposed on the abatement, uh, it's kind of a gradual type thing at first. Um, as as it progresses through the years, you know, the, they would pay more. So it's not a 10-year abatement of them paying nothing. So it is something that would be gradual. Um, and I can understand if a if a county would um, see that and, and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't think that it should come to the county government picking and choosing who wins and who loses. Yeah, absolutely. Comes to that. Right. So... So I don't want to talk about wind farms the whole time. No, 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 I don't no, think no. no, but yeah. No, no but economic, economic development, I think, you know, yes. whether it's wind or other installations or projects, whether it's, you know, far, obviously farm ground gets taxed out the nose. So, you know, you, you guys pay 3% taxes on, mm-hmm. on your on your farm ground, uh, you know, residential where you have a 1% cap and, and, you know, business, I think any business is 3%. So if you're looking at, you know, like... I, I assume that you were supportive of Boar's Head locating here and TS Tech and some of those other facilities. Awesome. Right. Okay. Right. So, I, in my mind, those you know this parcel that folks are getting upset about on 300 that we were talking about, the planning commission approved. Yes. It's literally just down the street from the the <laughs> industrial park that's there. It's and not it's, adjacent to it. That was my first question. Is this land that butts right up against it? Um, it's the same corridor, though. It's I mean, the it's, same corridor. Mm-hmm. And um, so I I drove it over and over, and I've been thinking about it. And so I, and it is a difficult question. Like I said, the first thing is the process. Are we respecting people when we start it? It is surrounded on three sides by residences. 
And so I can see their concern. And so it comes back into my mind, um, are we doing land planning in the best way possible? And I wasn't at the meeting, so I can only say what I've been told, which I've learned is dangerous. But I heard that (laughs) um, our EDC director said, I need this land because we need 143 acres. And we need 143 acres. Do we need that 143 acres? I personally would like to see where is all the industrial. I'm going to slide this over just a touch for you. You're okay. I just want you to sound better. (laughs) Looking out for you, Susan. (laughs) Where is all the industrial land in the county located and how much of it is unused? Yeah. And um, and where does it make sense for expansion? And where does it best make sense? Because yeah. I don't want our county to be reactive. I think the more reactive we are, the more we impact people in a negative way when we could possibly do it in a more positive way. Well, honestly, it just makes us look bad. It makes like, it, And then we invite business in and then we tell them to leave because yep. we don't have a spot for them. So, and, and maybe, maybe Corey Murphy has that information in a map. Well, so there was – Kate and I sat on the uh, – the, the planning commission, with the commissioners, once again, spent like $100,000 of, I think it was food and beverage money. Every time we get money, You're we fight over You're not going to say the it. comprehensive plan, The comprehensive plan. We were on okay. the steering committee for that. Okay. So every time, and that's the map. So the county <laughs> spent hundred grand on it. All right. Um, and every time, I swear to God, every time we, we, we raise taxes to get some money, we fight over it. So if we'd quit yes. doing that, I think we'd be okay. I, I, let's stop. Let's send the food and beverage money, and then we'll just quit having these... God awful fights. Um, so to kind of connect, um, going back to the rezoning. But she, she mentioned the map. That's that's in that. Yeah. But to kind of connect that back with the Doughboy, we were talking earlier about maybe getting a grant for that. Yes. Um, I know that there's parts of me and Jeremiah were part of the steering committee for the new comprehensive county plan, and I know there's parts of that that are being contested, especially with the wind and mm-hmm. everything else. But uh, the rest of that plan uh, would include. Um, listing Memorial Park as an asset to the county, as it is. And it would also include uh, what would our future plans be for industrial site as far as the south side of town um, between 3, 103, and 70 in the south side of town. Right. Um, I think, would you think that would be uh, a part of that plan would be something we could use to uh, plan for what we want to do in the future with I the county? I haven't read that part of it. Is it in there right now? Because yeah. I need to go as, home and read it. As far as I know. But that's what I'd like to see done yeah. is to map it out. And I, I don't think the industrial park is currently full. There there are no parcels over 40 acres available. So okay. the, the the parcels that are there are very small. Basically, the, the largest parcel that was left was filled by REMC. Okay. Uh, and then if you look at where – unfortunately, a bad decision was made when – they made where Landmark Estates sits now because the natural progression for our industrial park would have been to continue west. Right. But they put houses there. Right. Somebody, you know, 15 years ago, which was one of the – there was a whole fight. I don't remember if you remember this fight or not. We've had a lot of fights in this county. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a private developer that built Landmark Estates, and about half of it got a road and half of it never did get a road. And then the county I said – I they, drove through. I think I saw yeah, that. The, okay. Yeah. I was looking for votes one when time in 2012. When I was South. All yeah. right. Uh, so they finally got the road rebuilt, and, mm-hmm. they, you know, it was a – this horse trade between the county yes. and the guy that wound up buying the ground, uh, and they finally get a, bu- a road built. But anyway, this neighborhood's kind of been a black eye for the ca- county for a, wh- a while. It's very nice homes, but they never got a road. Okay. Basically, the housing market crashed, and the developer never finished it. Okay. So these people bought a $300,000 house, and they've got a gravel nothing for, for something to drive on. But it sits directly to the east of the, where the industrial park right. should, you know, if you're looking should at expand. it. Should have expanded. That's should where have expanded want it to, to go. If if we're playing the central planning thing, which, again, I question whether or not that's really what we need to be doing. But here we are. We have to deal with the present. Mm -hmm. So that's where I go back to, okay, 
what's appropriate, where should it go, what's what's the right thing. If if this 140 acres is something that a portion of people don't like, what's not in somebody's backyard? Because I I want I want a strong community so that when you know my new right. wife and I have kids, we want to grow up here. Right. We don't want to have to have people move to Hamilton County or Fishers. So here are just a few more thoughts. I want business here, and I want us to open the door to business. Um, it's possible. I do think it's possible that something could go there. That would be good. I, I think I disagree with the blanket rezone, especially without addressing any of the concerns of the people there. They they approved it before they came back and talked about um, the drainage problems. They didn't talk anything about any kind of visual buffer or anything that could be done. And without knowing what could go there, I think it would be more appropriate um, to to know what's going to go there. Because t- I think you said so it's, storage it's, it's facilities. Light, light or, industrial. So it'd be, yeah. you know, we look at what we have now. Like I... I've lived at two different places inside of – are you familiar with White, what White Estates is? It's no. basically from uh, where Duke Energy is now. Okay. They're building on, along 300 South right. to Main Street. Okay. And then north to uh, Jeffrey Street. Okay. If you know those those streets. Yes. That that general area is what's called White Estates. Okay. It was developed by an old farmer named White okay. in the 60s and 70s. So I lived in an apartment. There's basically the south end of that along 300 are apartments, and then there's some nicer homes a little bit further north. I literally lived in the apartment that – is on the southwest corner of that. Uh-huh. So it's at 300 and Jane Boulevard. Right. Um, it is the, you look out the front door and you're looking at Duke Energy, which is in the industrial complex. Right. And DL, in the uh, DL Couch is out there, right. which is another one of those right. light industrial ones. Yes. As a guy that lived there, and now I still live in that same neighborhood, a little bit more tucked inside, not looking right. out in an industrial area. I had a well-manicured lawn in front of me. I had people that went to work during the day, and then at night it was quiet and left alone. The right. buildings looked good. To me, it was a great situation where I had this yard where nothing was going to yes. mess with me, and it was clean. But you said you were renting. I rented there, yeah. And I think that I still that... I own in the neighborhood still. Okay. And you you bought knowing what was going to be there. Well, yeah, I, I yeah. knew what's there. Yeah. But I guess you have the – you still have that deep – decision of okay i control to my property line and pass that you never know what's going to happen and i I just don't know how you how do i have the authority to tell tell somebody that they can't go they can't develop something that's that makes sense for the neighborhood well it's a progression so i can't i can't sit on my front porch and shoot my neighbor i can't dispose of nuclear waste on my property and there's a lot of things you can't do on your property because they bleed over not saying that that is what you're saying, but right. I am saying that if you hold a completely purist position, I could do anything on my property that I wanted, even if it caused the death right. of my neighbor. So it, they, you have to be on the continuum very somewhere. Very few deaths in light industrial. Heavy industrial, <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see I, them doing you know, My doing point killing. is that at some point government steps in to regulate, which is what zoning is supposed to do. It's supposed to control non-compatible uses of land. Right. And again, I'm not necessarily arguing against this rezone, but but in a conversation. But as a general rule, you're you're calling for more transparency or a better yes. alert system mm-hmm. for this. Yes. Because the people who found out, what if they wanted to talk to their lawyer? What if they wanted to go and see what the ideas were? And I also will throw this out and say, um, I don't believe that the county, I don't believe that any that no one in the county knows what's going to go there. And I'll apologize if I'm wrong about that. I don't know. I, yeah. I think I legitimately I think, think it's something to be know. marketed. I, yeah. I, I I don't think that they know personally. And I'm just saying that I do. And and if that is the case, I think it's wrong not to be transparent about that with the people involved. I see people on Facebook saying, hey, it's going to be a 
it's going to be a wind farm staging area. I don't area. necessarily agree with that. I just know from Washington County politics, as long as I have, and just in the past few years, you've been watching longer, I would not be surprised if people do have several ideas about what's going to go there, and they're not saying. And I disagree with mm. that. I, I can see that. I don't, I mean, I don't know either way. I don't want to I don't say either, either way. I but, and I'll yeah. apologize so, if I'm wrong. I'm all right that. with being wrong. So if that is rezoned as light industrial, yes. is there a type of light industrial use that you think that would be oppressive or be trouble for the people that live there is there something they could have that's that's incompatible Hmm. i I know i I know the owners of that property personally and i i would trust their word they don't they don't know what's going there well if it was even if that's the case like you never control like there were people that have all of these phallus phallusifical arguments about well you know this guy owned the property 20 years ago and he didn't ever want to be messed with so then you know once you don't own it anymore, now. you don't own it. Right. So if it gets rezoned and, and you know, the, this investment group sells it to somebody else, they can't control it either. Yeah. So that's where you have the protection of the zoning. So that's mm-hmm. where the question becomes, okay, if it's light industrial, what in light industrial is going to cause you to, to lose your quiet enjoyment? That's yeah. the part that you I don't know, see the harm. The fact look, there's a giant factory right there. Like, if you, you don't just <laughs> see a field anymore. It's There's a factory, like, right in your backyard. I didn't buy it. Whenever I was looking at moving to Greenfield in the Maxwell area, I looked at a house online. That's where I moved from. Oh, really? I moved from Maxwell. Okay. Yeah. You guys didn't like the house. independent pipe county materials factory there? <laughs> no. I, we um, wanted our, well, our see, that's, homestead. That's, what were you going to uh, say? I'm sorry. Well, the, the exactly what he was talking about. We looked at a house online, absolutely loved it. And then we went to look at it in person, and they were expanding the factory, and it was yeah. going to be like right in the backyard, and I hated that, and I didn't... I, I didn't like that. Right. I I totally understand where the people are coming from. Like that, that's obviously going to suck if there's a giant factory like Boar's Head right there in their backyard. I mean, and the it, question it is, how much does it decrease their property value? Yeah, I think we want to come keep coming back to that because a th- I think a thriving economy in a county increases everyone's property value. So I think that well, and it we've got we've got to increase the tax base because right. the houses houses that sit empty get on the tax roll you know they mm-hmm. it goes the other way and it just drains us yeah we but, have got to find a way for new investment so at some point we've got to come together and say okay we got to call a truce and figure out where in the world these things can actually be built because we do have a, there's a lot surely you you think there's a lot going for Henry County yes i mean we've got three interstate interchanges mm-hmm. we've got right. major state roads we've got fiber optic internet we've got you know two of our three um Interchanges to how with I seventy have city water and utilities, and I think that in time that um, development's going to come. So when we hear that we're losing out to Hancock County because we don't have the right amount of space, that's partially true. It needs to be addressed. It's also a bottom line fact that Hancock County is closer to Indy and it still has space, yep. and so that's hard to compete with. That's why we keep issuing all these revenue bonds and just we're just begging companies to come here because their first choice would probably be Hancock County. We need to develop our workforce because companies don't want to locate here when they can't hire people because we have so many people with the drug problem. So we don't have people that can hire. So we have some strikes against us that aren't just that we don't have the right land, but we do still need to welcome business. And I think developing a plan so we don't keep putting houses where we want to expand industry because then we really do have a problem. We need to expand business, but is it okay to decrease the property value of 120 homes? Um, I think we need to do it wisely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, that goes back to the comprehensive plan. I think a lot of that's addressed in there. Um, 
still subject to change. So I'm sure if you go back, I need to go look and, at that. And look yes. at that, you might find something you could bring up too. Right. Um, yeah. But, but when you've got a, when you say you've got a light industrial company looking at five different counties, if, and they're looking for a 140 acre parcel of land, it's going to eventually come down to deciding on whether it's zoned for them already or not. Yeah, are they gonna are that, they gonna I mean, try to make an investment be, yeah, and then, and then an have the angry factor. mob that right. you know if, that kills their project for two years because they have, couldn't get it zoned? Yeah, right. if you have multiple parcels and there's only one of them that's already zoned for light industrial, guess where they're gonna go? Right. So I, I think they're I think they're really just trying to attract those businesses that we do want for the jobs right. that we do need. And I think that's valid. To answer your question, what went on with the drive-in land there? That's light industrial, and there's more traffic and different things. But um, so. Again, it's not a shutdown of that rezone, but those people left. I don't know that they had the confidence that they were going to try to make it visually. We didn't talk about any tree cover or anything else that might make. So those are some of the things that they can probably deal with by ordinance, right? Yeah. Or you can like mounds and privacy fences and stuff like that. Right. And I, I my day job is in construction, so okay. I, I see a lot of this, you know, I, mm-hmm. When you have when you go in and you hire an art, uh, a civil engineer and an architect to, to design this type of a project, you have a civil set of drawings that says, "Hey, the water you have, you need to deal with it." So if you're right. going to have a modern facility built, they're going to have to deal by code. They have to deal with the water that's on their property. So mm-hmm. you're going to have retention ponds. Right. Uh, my neighborhood was built in the '60s by a farmer who just kind of said, "Yeah, yeah, let's go for it." So I have. I'm looking at a major sewer bill. We've joked about this on the show that the, the, <laughs> they used basically drain tile to build for clay tile to build sewers in my neighborhood. And Indiana Department of Environmental Management is suing the county and the city, and they're all in these private meetings yeah. dealing with this mess because they didn't do it the right way. Right. If you look at a modern deal, we have, we have the sewer problem, but then we also have just standing water because they don't have. You know, if you build a, a neighborhood now, you have retention ponds, mm-hmm. and everybody's sloped, and you deal with it. This actually would have the opportunity to give you somewhere to put some of this water that, yeah. that you're dealing with, right. um, which I, in my view, once again, a guy that lives a half mile from the parcel, mm-hmm. I think it's actually probably a good chance to improve it. So, and luckily, one of the guys that is part owner of that land right now is an ex- excavation company. So, I mean, that uh-huh. would be something that could be worked in, I'm mm-hmm. sure, to, to handle some of that runoff to deal with some of that water with retention right. ponds. So, Jerry, you mentioned the county being sued. Yeah. That leads us to another point on the show notes that is part of Susan's platform, which is uh, uh, improvements on the county jail. Yes. Whenever you say that, do you mean that we need to build a totally new facility? Do you do we just keep rehabbing and putting band-aids on the old facility? Uh, what what do we what do we do with that? Well, I think we need a new facility. The question is when. Um, right now, the jail is up to code, and it can pass code. Whether or not it can pass code or pass inspection next week. Or a month from now is really the question. Have you have you but toured the jail yet? I haven't been through the jail. No, I I was going to go with my kids and I, when I was running in 2016, but after David Hearing went through, I wasn't sure it was safe to take the kids through, and I haven't been through since then. Yeah. Um, Boss Hog Liberty's plan on going through. Maybe the three of us can go. I would love to go with <laughs> male protection. I honestly was, I'm just not sure it's wise for me to go through with the kids. My husband works out of town. But, um. So I and I know they did a justice report and they're waiting for the results of that. And I think that's going to be really telling. And it's been done by someone outside the county, someone who specializes. I know one of the suggestions is to rebuild in the same place, which I find concerning. Um, moving, closing down a road and expanding where it is. I'm afraid, and I don't know until I see the report, but I'm afraid that we'll end up in another situation where in five or ten 
years, it's not not enough. So without seeing the report, I would favor a different location. Um, I also assume they did projections for how many inmates we're expected to have and for how long are we going to meet code in that same yeah. report. I don't have access to the report. If it is possible to band-aid it until the Justice Center is paid off, I think that's an option. But we need to make sure that it is feasible when we get that report back before we do it. Yeah. So, so you're so. listening to the Boss Hog Liberty podcast on the We're Libertarians Network. <laughs> Jeremiah Morrill, Dakota Davis, Kid Coger, and County Council candidate Susan Hoon are with us. We got Dakota. I, I cut you off to do uh, our yeah. little, our intro. I, I was getting ready to talk about uh, Rush County with their with their shell building, just like what we have here in Henry County um, in the industrial park. So uh, Rush County is making that their their jail, yes. if I'm not mistaken. But uh, huh. do you think that's a, a pretty decent idea? Or what are you? All what of are these counties are having this problem. Delaware I'm, County's taking yeah. an old middle school and turning it into a jail. Yeah. And my dad, we live in my. I moved from Del. I grew up in Delaware County. My dad still lives there, and he was telling me that they have these things now where they can drop in secured pods, and so you can turn an existing building into a jail mm. easier, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> but I'm not a jail engineer. Um, I. <laughs> And I agree. Well, you got Every, like three degrees. We could send you back. You can't need that many more credits to become a jail engineer, Susan. <laughs> Every county, you're right, is having the same problem. And and if if converting an existing building works and it's in a good location, I'm not opposed to doing that. But I'm I'm looking forward to reading the. Yeah, I think Muncie just study. bought a school on the south side, didn't they? For, yeah. To put theirs. Yeah, yeah. Wilson yeah. Middle School. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's really interesting. There's a lot of different options out there, but uh, you know we could spend. Oh, man, we could spend so much time talking about jails and why every county is uh, facing this issue and why it's just now an issue. They changed the, like, the, the uh, real easy answer. Uh, state law changed. And instead right. of sending them to state prisons, they're yeah. now responsible to be held in the counties. Right. Yeah. So, so the, the county jails are inform. busting mm-hmm. at the seams. Yeah. Oh, it, there's just uh, there, there's so much that can be said about the jail. And I I really do want to take a tour of it because I do think it is it's really easy to sit here uh, in our spare bedroom in Newcastle and talk about, oh, you know, this is going bad at the jail. The the jail is bad. The jail, need, we need a new one. Uh, it's we, you know, yeah. yeah, we need to I go. Agree. Like, I want to go see it. I want to see what's that, what they're actually dealing with. I'd like to talk to uh, uh, Rick and and see just what all his issues are because I. I'm, to be quite frank with you, I'm just not that educated on it, and, and I, I need talked to, be. to Rick this week. And Rick is the uh, county sheriff, Rick yes. McCorpel. And that was, you know, are we currently up to code? Because I believe there were times where we weren't, and we are. And so I think the question is, how long can we stay that way before we have to move? And I assume those projections. I don't have those projections, but I assume they're in the report, which they expect to get back soon. So the county voted to raise our income taxes a couple of years ago to pay for public safety. Yeah. Was that? Did you support that at the time? Would you? I don't think I was here, or okay. if I did, I didn't know about it. it. Was before my entrance into county politics. All right. So now that they're stealing our money, <laughs> uh, are they using it effectively? Are, what should be going on with this low up money? Should it, should it be being put in the bank to pay for pay cash for a jail? Should they? At some point, something's going to have to happen. So money, you've got to come up with the money to do it. Well, I think uh, my interpretation is it, is, is it going to be a bond? What's what's your thought? Well. And that's what we've heard from Kim Cronk. If we wait till the Justice Center is paid off, we'll take that same amount of money that we're already paying and pay for the jail. And so I think that – but I've heard from other people in county government that's not – it can't wait that long, hearsay, mm-hmm. more hearsay. And so if it if it could, that would be great because no one wants to raise taxes for anything. If I pay a single more – and a single another penny in taxes, I want it to go for roads that I can see built. I don't want it to go – to statues or or even the jail 
I want to be able to drive on the roads in the county. So <laughs> that's that's one of the uh, the. Don't tax me more if I can't drive on my that, road. That's no. one of the, the the sweeteners that the the wind farm proponents have had mm-hmm. is when you build this thing, you've got eight hundred and some miles of county road in the county, mm-hmm. and they have to re- basically return your roads to a good condition. Mm-hmm. They're going to destroy them mm-hmm. to build these things. Right. So the side benefit is you may have gotten hundred or two hundred miles of county road for. Right. Well, it's roads and drainage too. Yeah, roads and yeah. Yes. So you also that's another avenue why so many of the commissioners have advocated this, where mm-hmm. you're you only have so many tools in the toolbox. So that's right. why you've seen them push for that. And I think some counties I've looked at um, that was done well, and some counties it wasn't. So I think that as far as the roads go, that might have been helpful. From my perspective, then you end up with people who don't want to drive on the roads because they don't want to live there. So I don't yeah. think it's an effective trade-off myself. But strictly from the roads, being, I think it, it does sometimes work that way. So uh, as a council person, you will be involved in funding yes. of that. You don't necessarily get to make the decisions with, you know, with the highway department or the commissioners. That's more of the right. executive side. Um do you think they have a decent plan now with their prioritization of, you know, the main arteries or what they're going to work on first and, and dealing with drainage or what's the, what's your, are you, are you supportive of the path they're going? Should they be doing something differently? For the roads. For the roads. We got money from the state and I was really excited about that. And then I saw the plan for how it was going to be used. And I think it's on good stuff, but I don't think we're going to see the benefit in a noticeable way. It's going to go to fix bridges that have to be fixed or else they're going to collapse. But as far as roads we all drive on to go home, I don't think we're gonna any of us are gonna say, Wow, we really got road money. I yeah. read something interesting. It doesn't the other fault day anyone. It said like eighty percent of the bridges in the United States wouldn't pass inspection today. I thought that was a crazy figure. Hmm. I'm not sure that that's quite accurate, but um I could tell you that the Yeah, if you, you truly want to deal with it with it's your my job. yeah, that's yeah. my day job. Uh, I'm in the you know, reconstructing bridges is my that's that's what pays the okay. bills for me. Um so that's not quite accurate, but there, you know, if you look at what it takes just to get us up to a, a very low threshold, the amount of dollars that are going to be required to pay for all of these yeah. is absolutely staggering. It's very expensive. And I was amazed when I looked at where the money was going. I think I can't remember if it's I can't remember how much of it is, and it's over a five year period of time. And so I don't criticize that they're fixing our bridges. Um, and I do think I've been told that there is a schedule where the roads in the county have been ranked and prioritized which I think is a good technique to start. I think there's just not money going to fix the ones I mean, at the top of the list. I mean, uh, I think it's it might be a security measure from uh, the from the department the Department of Homeland Security. I mean, why attack the United States if all of our infrastructure is already crumbling? Like <laughs> there's nothing to destroy if it's already destroyed, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it, we're not the only county with the road problem, but it's a problem that I don't see I don't see it from a funding perspective improving, which uh, I think is concerning. A lot of it, if you compare us to Rush County, Rush County is a, a county with smaller population. If you look at their roads and the way they have ditches and the way they deal with water and it's runoff, better. they have crowns on their roads and they they just legitimately are, are set up better. And I it's agree. not it's not something that was done by the people that are in office today. Okay. Uh, in my view, you know, nobody we don't have any county councilmen or county commissioners that were there in the 1960s and 70s right. when some of these county roads were created. Uh, so you're you're dealing with the hand you're dealt. Uh, yeah. And so much of this is, you know, it's not – serving in government's not easy. I can yeah. say from the five, five-person park board I was on to, you know, if you're elected to the council, you're one of seven. If you're commissioner, you're one of three. Right. You're 
you know, trying to get all of those people to agree on anything or get a plan to go forward and then have the patience to actually execute it. Right. It's not easy. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I said this to someone the other day. I can see that um, people who are running for the first time are optimistic. I think that fresh optimism can be helpful to to spur change on, but I'm sure it is much harder than it looks like from the other side. <laughs> uh, there's no doubt. So um, another thing that's a platform on your platform, uh, and I, it's something that we've advocated for as the Libertarian Party uh, in Henry County for quite some time, uh, is transparency in government. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to make things accessible. I've you know when I when I ran for county council four years ago, I said, hey, we need to make sure the meetings are not during the day. We need to have meetings that are in the evenings so that they're easy. You know, county council meetings are at three thirty once a month. Yes. Um, which big is, thank you to uh, to Councilman Clay Morgan every asks every, every single year. year. He asks, <laughs> and Can it's we like, change the meeting yeah, time, please? Everybody in there rolls their eyes too. It's it's I know. it's kind of funny, but yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, I get off work at three, so it's like if I want to record that meeting, I'm like rushing i have to hustle yeah. and take like the the shower wipes you know and like take my shirt off in the truck and like <laughs> <laughs> wipe myself down and and change my shirt and go in there yeah it's it's pretty intense uh but yeah we we do do some recording um and like we were talking about in the threads uh that we see online all the time there were some threads talking about uh using public tax money to pay for people to record meetings uh, like, do you think that's feasible at all? Do you think that's a good idea, a bad idea? County staff putting it together and streaming it out on YouTube or Facebook, something like that. I think it's a good idea to make it available in, by video. Yeah. Yeah. I think and so, I, too. I think that we've had some offers for donated time to improve um, just the ability to hear in the courtroom. I know someone offered to volunteer their time and just charge costs to work on that. Yeah, I, haven't seen it I tried to record yet. there one time just with the iPhone that we used to have, mm-hmm. and it, I was in the back, and I, I mean, I really could not act, pick up anything. Yeah. I couldn't pick up any sound whenever the <laughs> whenever anybody up front was talking. You couldn't hear them at all. It's very upsetting. The acoustics are very... When you're already upset in a meeting and you came (laughs) and you have 5,000 other things to do and you can't hear what anyone's saying... And it, it it's, is unfortunate. If people are listening and they want to know what our – basically our, our county courthouse has an old courtroom. Mm-hmm. So yep. the county commissioner and the county councils have their uh, have their meetings in an old courtroom, and it's very ornate, and it's a beautiful space. But the acoustics are awful. They don't have a studio set up with the Dakota Davis treatment of sound tiles <laughs> all around the walls. <laughs> if they and pay everybody me, with their own microphone I mean, in front of them. For the low price of $130 an hour, I will go through there and <laughs> – Let's just go and, let's, we'll go and hold boom, boom mics for everybody. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> Dakota is not the uh, is not the volunteer we're looking for for the county. The, one thing, the equipment that we've had to put in here is not that expensive, though. This my is, husband's a sound guy, and I, you know, my one of my best friends' husband, he's a techie, and you get to the point where you think it surely can't be that expensive to at least improve. Yeah, you know, we we can't demand from a broke government that we have the best quality, but but to be able to hear. I'm not sure it would be that expensive, especially when we have people already volunteering. We have a lot of concerned people in the county right now. I think that's exciting. There's a lot of concerned people that would be willing to help fix a problem like that, I think. I think so, too. Yeah, Um, I think despite all the arguing and all the different issues and stuff that are going on, I think everybody would agree that, you know, we should try to get better at disagreeing. (laughs) Yes. And then we can come together on things (laughs) like this. And kind of get with the times of technology and mm-hmm. be able to be transparent uh, with the taxpayers that should have a voice in their local government. And I think that'd be that'd be great if we could do that for sure. 
agree. Well, very cool. So we are at that point in the show where we've worked through the show notes, and it's probably time to start wrapping things up, Susan. Uh, we appreciate that you were here very much. This is, this is a great interview. Hopefully, we you you got a lot out of it, and you're, you're, I you're did. you've got some information to share with your folks and yeah. a platform to share your share your views. Yes. Uh, if people want to volunteer, get involved, help with your campaign, how mm-hmm. do they do that? Okay. Um, I, my signs come in tomorrow, so if anyone wants a sign, they can contact me on Facebook um, and help distribute signs. That would be great too. <laughs> And, and I think that would be the biggest thing and, and tell and tell anyone else about my platform and an opportunity for a fresh voice to be represented and by someone who's compassionate and wants to listen to the people, but, but wants to do it in a wise way and still pursue economic development for the county, but in a way that might be um, with more of an open ear. All right. And then are you, uh, do, you do you need volunteers? Are you raising money? Are you good on that front now? Hmm. Can you ever have too much money? Well, no, I'm just, just kidding. I'm just, <laughs> you can always save it for the reelection campaign. <laughs> as, as a guy that ran a statewide uh, governor's race, I'm I'm always trying to get candidates to raise yes. money. Come so on, if you ask, want, make your plea. If you, if you want to donate to my campaign, you can take a check to Dickerson Accounting in Newcastle, um, care of Gary Rogers, who's my campaign treasurer, and he will make sure that I get the money um, to finish my campaign as effectively as possible very cool and it, you guys do have kind of a neat thing going where you've got you have a, a number of campaigns that have kind of pooled together and are working as a team yes there's some joint signs out there yes. and uh dickerson is handling uh, your campaign yes. uh ed tarantino who's running for commissioner yes. who's scheduled to be on here in a couple of weeks uh i think they're running is it ken and gray, ken uh, gray. his his they're doing his mm-hmm. finances and then um who's the who's the fourth one peg stephendel okay. did you say her already no okay. i have not yet okay Okay, mm-hmm. and I've yet to meet her. I, I, I okay. haven't met her uh, or Ed or Kenan. So we're going to have – Kenan's going to be on as well. So Yeah, it's uh, been really nice to have that support. When I ran two years ago, just wanted to make those um, financial reports perfect. And so it's really nice that Gary stepped forward to do it this time. Um, and all of us, we have met in different ways, and we and all of us in this, we've been labeled as no-winders, um, which I think is unfortunate because these are some of the neatest people – that I've met, and they really care about the county, and they really want good things for Henry County. Ed Tarantino is an amazing man. Every time I meet him, I like him more. He was involved He's, in the uh, in the Veterans Museum, as I understand right. it. It was, it was pitched to us uh, on the park board. He was going to do these murals. He's done all these yes. murals all over the county, which is a, I'm He's excited to talk about those. He's a jack of all trades, and he's educated, and he is kind and um, very intelligent. And I think our county would be so privileged to have him as a leader. And so... Um, you can label us no windows, but we really we want transparent government. We want to serve with integrity and represent the people in all ways, not just in one issue. All right. Well, very good. We appreciate you being here with us today. Thank you very much. So, Kate, you got any final thoughts for us? Uh, just thanks for having me on again. Um, I know people were probably watching this expecting a huge fight between me and Susan, but <laughs> they she's were. just too nice. We didn't fight online. We're not going to fight right? in well, a room. And you, we get you along. Both, we're just too reasonable. For, for what Susan's running for, you both agreed you have the same position, whether it was Susan on the ballot or Cade, you're both against the abatements, and that's Simple. really the only right. influence that the office has, right? I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. How do we follow you, Kate? By the way, you've slimmed down again on me. You're down to yep. two, 250 uh, yeah. and change. I'm down to 252, so that's 124 since a year ago. That's phenomenal. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So working on that. And then mm-hmm. I shaved all my facial hair off. <laughs> my wife's never seen me with a bare face. So. Really? Yeah. Baby face Kate over so here. I just I just got a wild hair the other night and said, so I got to get rid of it. So. You, you got go. nothing else to do. You can't get in the fields right now because there's snow all over everything. <laughs> yeah. So. 
Yeah. Now, everybody, uh, you can add me on Facebook or follow me on Instagram at the Armed Farmer. Um, I have an Instagram account that I keep up on. So if you just want to see my farm and things that I do. And follow him on Snapchat, too. Kate is like, you get the inside access of, they just yeah. went through beef birthing season. Yeah, you might see so, a calf get born. Yeah, the yeah. whole the whole so, deal. I can, we just had twins the other day, too. Field Did trip. you really? You need so, a field trip. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to set that up. I'd like to kind of get connected with local well, Susan schools has, and stuff and have kids come out and see Susan's it. got five kids that she can bring yeah, out. Bring I out. have a homeschool co-op that would love to come Absolutely, yeah. Farm. Get a hold of me. We can set that up. Okay, great. All right, Dakota, put on your chairman hat. Tell me what we did this weekend. All right, I'm putting on my county chairman hat. The Libertarian Party of Henry County, actually, it was the whole Libertarian Party of the 6th District. Uh, everybody was invited. We had our convention this weekend. We heard from Mr. Mark Rutherford, who uh, we had on the show, who's running as a Libertarian for the Secretary of State, which is a very important race for Libertarians. Uh, that's how we secure our ballot access. We got to hear from him. He did a great job talking about the importance of that race and why he's a great candidate. Um, we nominated five people in Henry County to run for public office. So we have uh, Terry Kaufman, we have Francis Lewis, um, we have Jamie Owens, uh, Jeremiah Morrill. I mean, we just, we have such a strong presence here in Henry County. And, and Jesse Riddle running uh, yep. uh, running District 3 for County Council. District 3 County Council, Je- uh, Jesse Riddle. And uh, he was on the ballot la- or last year. Two years ago. <laughs> It, it seems Perennial like candidate year Jesse ago. Riddle. Yes, it's the third but, uh, time he's run for county council. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, he got to like get some signs at some point because he can just keep reusing. He should. But uh, like I said, whenever I was up there giving the the little spiel on Henry County, I'm just so excited about the base that we have here. We have such a good foundation here in Henry County, and it's it's awesome. Um, we have 18 members, um, and it just seems like everybody does their part. We don't have a member that doesn't pitch something. And contribute something to our party, and it's it's really 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 neat, and uh, yeah. So the convention was just great. We got to hear from uh, the state chairman for the entire Libertarian Party in the state, and uh, Mr. Uh, Tim McGuire, and he gave us all kinds of updates. It was awesome. It was just we were at Montgomery's, it was, uh, so it was good food, good people, just an all around good time. So I guess that was part of my final thoughts. My second part of my final thoughts is just keep listening to us. Like us on Facebook. Um, you know, just download our episodes on YouTube. Subscribe subscribe on YouTube. Download on iTunes. And, uh, you know, tell your friends. Like, talk about us. Like, that's how, like, most of all, the thing that you can do for us is just talk to your friends. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Boss Song Liberty is covering politics within the 6th District of Indiana. And they just had Susan Hunan, who is running for, you know, your district county council. Like, that's that's how we grow. That That is the biggest thing. And the very least, just listen to us. Follow me, uh, Facebook. It is me and my wife, Audrey. And we are standing in front of the Wait, bean. you have a, uh, a joint Facebook account? Is, is this no, news? No, that is not news. <laughs> you and your wife, Audrey. I don't, I... No, I'm talking, about my, I'm talking about my profile picture. It is me and my wife, Audrey, standing in front of the bean in Chicago. So that, that you know that you have the right Dakota Davis, because there's a lot of us. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at AtoCatSavad. I've actually had some followers, and I feel guilty for not ever posting anything. You never, never tweet. <laughs> so. Awesome. Well, I uh, I made some news this weekend. Uh, I, I did announce that I'm running for the Henry County Council in the open seat. Uh, I'm excited to do it. Uh, I, I got the paperwork back. I'm officially on the ballot. I got my little certified candidate form. 
so I will be on your November ballot. I don't have to suffer through the primary process. I just get to play political pundit and talk to everybody and learn about every, the candidacies, and I'm excited uh, to do that. Uh, you know, we have the unique platform on the Boss Hog Liberty to actually, you know, first of all, we're libertarian, so nobody knows what box to put us in, so we're friendly with everybody. Uh, and I'm very confident that the people that are running for office all have the best intentions and and. I know I have a good relationship with Susan and with Nate, who who's her opponent, not her not her enemy in this, right. but her opponent. Uh, uh, you know, or the they're both seeking the same office with different ideas. Uh, and I look at that across the across the board. I'm excited that we have contested races when we yes. when we ran candidates four years ago for these races. Um, Darren Jacobs ran in, in Nate's race and as a Democrat in the fall. And if the Libertarians didn't run, we had uh, th- District One, Two, and Three. We were the only thing that made them interview for their jobs at all. Really? So it's very important that candidates run. Uh, if if you, you know, it's probably too late now to run as Republican or Democrat. But if you contact Dakota and you pass the, the Libertarian bravery test, <laughs> we might have some opportunities for you. That's right. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's exciting, and I'm glad I'm glad you're here. This is the beginning of a series for us. Uh, next week we will have Butch Baker on, the county commissioner, okay. who's uh, who's running in, in the race in the Northern District. Uh, Ed Tarantino is his uh, his challenger. Uh, so we're excited to have Butch on and talk to him. He was the sheriff and, and uh, now is serving. He's completing his first term as county commissioner. Uh, I fly off on Sunday morning, uh, weather permitting, to uh, Washington, D.C. with uh, Purdue School of Ag. And uh, I'm going to get to tour the uh, tour the Pentagon. I'm going to do a little podcast at ESPN Radio on Monday night with uh, uh, ESPN Washington. A friend of mine is a uh, he's he's running for the county council in Montgomery County, Maryland. Okay. Uh, so we're going to compare Henry County politics versus big Washington D.C. market uh, Montgomery <laughs> County politics. He's you're in a primary with one person. It's a pick four, so it's like a, an at large race. Okay, four four spots, forty candidates. How in the world do you win that race? Wow. That's not easy. That's crazy. Uh, so, yeah, he, we're going to talk to him about that, and we'll drop this in the feed. So uh, when you see me with a guy named Steve Solomon, that's that's what that was going to be about. Weather permitting, it could go terribly wrong, and now it happened. But I've got my hopes up. And then uh, I'll get to meet with uh, Congressman Messer's people on Tuesday. Uh, they're not in session next week, so he's running for Senate. So I don't think we'll actually see him this year. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a fun trip. Uh, very much thank everybody for watching the show today. Uh, we we are here kind of as your independent media source. There's not really another show like this in Henry County or East Central Indiana, and we're excited excited to have people here. Uh, what you can do to keep this going, jump on wearelibertarians.com, find Boss Hog Liberty, subscribe to us on all the platforms. Uh, we are the local show for We Are Libertarians. The big network is out there, uh, and you can go back and find Cade's episode with myself and uh, the lovely Sarah Potter, my fiance, and Chris Spangle, where we uh, we covered some ag issues on that and then uh, some some other national stuff as well. That's more of a national show. This is your This is your local one. Uh, We appreciate you listening, and we will see you all next week with uh, Commissioner Baker. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at wearelibertarians.com.